Hey, Big MX Radio listeners. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. I couldn't be more proud to be putting these episodes out on a regular basis, and I couldn't be more proud to have you, my valued listeners, take, giving them a listen, giving them your time, and uh, enjoying them, and I hope you guys are. If you enjoyed this episode, I know it's a free uh, free download to your iPhone or Spotify, or if you're on BigMXRadio.com, but my fee to you is to send me one friend. Send, send me one like-minded motocross loving friend who might enjoy this podcast whether you want to share this on your story or uh, make a post about it on social media which would be greatly appreciated if you like this episode if you like big mx radio send me that one friend and you'll be doing me the favor to uh, keep growing this podcast and uh, hope that you guys are enjoying it Uh, on this episode of the big mx radio podcast we've got none other than uh, Mitchell Oldenburg, who there's a lot of questions going on about how he uh, got into the main event last night and all the things that are going on with that. So I wanted to have him on so to completely unpack it, see what was going on with that. And uh, I think we got to the bottom of it. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope that you'll support the sponsors like uh, Alpine Stars MX, as well as Phoenix Handlebars, Medterra CBD. Those are the types of people who make this this podcast possible and I hope that you guys support them uh, and thank them for doing so Um, and without further ado here's the podcast with Mitchell Oldenburg welcome to the Big MX radio podcast brought to you by Alpine Stars MX as well as Phoenix Handlebars and Medterra CBD I'm your host Brad Gebhardt as we get closer to 800 episodes here on the Big MX radio podcast couldn't be more proud to bring on a repeat offender on the podcast he's a great friend of mine and like i said in a few podcasts ago he served me some humble pie back in 2004 by passing me in free practice when he was on a 65 cc when i was on my kx125 goes by the name of mitchell oldenburg mitchell how's it going good yeah thanks for having me hey it's been a long period of time since you were uh riding uh, i believe it was a ktm 65 down at staples absolutely blowing my doors off uh, before we get into the co- topic of conversation that everyone wants to get to, what are some of your favorite memories from riding Staples back in the day? Oh, probably just uh, the Motodome, the indoor racing we did during the winter, just battling with my buddies. Every uh, shoot, we'd ride flat track Saturday night and then uh, do some, some indoor arena cross stuff on Sunday and pretty much every winter, uh, every weekend in the winter, it was just uh, a blast. I, I love that type of racing, so... Wasn't that just like a golden era of moto, like uh, two strokes, four strokes were the conversation. Some people, we were calling them thumpers at the time. People didn't know which way, like whether they're going to like ride a two stroke, ride a four stroke. And like, there's so many kids on eighties back in the day. And if you, of course, at the front of the, the pack of that a lot of times, but there's so much talent and kids coming from all kinds of States. Some even from Canada, like, uh, do you remember racing uh, Casey Shirock at all? you remember that name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Casey and uh, Ryan Millar would always come down really yeah. good friends with him. And yeah, just, uh, man, it was, it was good times back in the day. We were just uh, just a bunch of kids just having fun and and battling each other hard and then laughing about it afterwards. It was, uh, it was a good time. No doubt, man. That was good times. Uh, I, I love uh, rehashing old stories like that. Maybe we just need to have you on some sometime just to focus on some, some of the crazy stuff from <laughs> back in the day. There you uh, go. 
But like I said, that was a long time ago. Uh, you're making headlines now, probably getting yourself in pages of either The Pickle or Playground Magazine. Now, uh, you, you got uh, the whole Supercross uh, world abuzz, uh, and for all the wrong reasons, uh, Mitchell. Um, and and unfortunately, we have to talk about it here on today's podcast, is that last night, uh, you weren't on, on my main fantasy team. I have, like a, I have my regular team and then i have a send it team where like if these guys pay off it's going to be awesome um and you were on my send it team unfortunately i did not do as well uh due to your performance uh and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are upset with you today but that completely aside take me through the events of uh first of all you're uh, booking the flight and trip to indonesia uh, in that rhythm section where you were uh, an acrobat and just about died by the by, by a Pirelli <laughs> to the back of your head. Um, and then the events that happened after that. You've already rehashed it with me off the off the air. So if you can give me, uh, basically, start it from the top, my friend. Uh, starting from that crash in the, in the heat race, which uh, sent you ass over tea kettle. Yeah. Um, man, I guess first things first, I'm just thankful to uh, be walking today. No um, I think for the the situation that happened, I uh, I got extremely lucky. I think if it would have happened the jump before that, I would have been going over the bars into another single instead of into the flat, and I would probably be talking to you from a hospital bed. So just thankful for for getting away the way I did. Um, yeah, unfortunately we had a, a motor malfunction. Um, no one's fault. Just part of it you know it's dirt bikes this is what we signed up for when when we decided to do this and uh yeah so it was it was more get ready for the lcq hurry up get the bike back and and swap an engine out um my mechanic nate uh is pretty amazing at those fire drills as they call them uh and they got to work right away nate uh jamie from twisted development um our truck driver and uh team owner Yareev. He was in it, and uh, yeah, it was more just uh, get ready for the LCQ. Um, I ended up walking down to the LCQ, um, and my bike, not going to lie, didn't look like it was going to be ready to go. So um, I walked down to the gate, picked my gate, and was just waiting for my bike. Um, luckily, the bike showed up about two minutes before before we started to get the bikes up on the line, and I was ready to go. I was uh, excited to... Uh, be able to race um just kind of an emotional wreck at that point uh, not knowing if i was gonna have a bike if i was gonna race if i wasn't kind of what was going on um uh, 30 second card goes up and i get tapped on the shoulder by an ama official and he's like basically like get out like back your bike out and i was kind of confused and just like what, what are you talking about like why and he said you're illegal get it out like get it out now and i mean what am I going to do? Just take off? I'll just get black flagged anyway. So, right. Uh, we just totally could have told them to muck off and just head off into the track. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing I can do about it at that point. So, um, I backed it out and they were telling us that we, we were on a, a different bike that we switched, switched bikes. We were on a backup bike and the frame numbers didn't match up. So, um, pretty frustrating at that point, you know, we're arguing back and forth, back and forth. We brought the AMA official back to our semi, showed him, like, this is the motor we took out. This is, I mean, the tools are still laying out all over the floor from just 
getting the bike done. We don't even have a spare bike on the rig. Um, so like kind of just explaining to them and basically my understanding of what happened was when you go through tech, you get an AMA sticker to put on your frame because I'm assuming that it's pretty easy for some guys to stamp two frames with the same number. So they give you an AMA sticker, um, a red AMA sticker to put on your frame through tech, and that's basically your frame number. Okay. Well, when we got to Indy, they gave us another AMA frame sticker to put on. So my mechanic put that on over the old one, and I'm... What I gathered out of it was that AMA didn't update the new sticker with their paperwork. So when they brought the bike to me on the line for the LCQ... They're looking for the old my sticker. Frame, they're looking for the old sticker, and we got the new sticker on there, so the numbers didn't match up. So basically, we kind of argued about it, argued about it. I didn't. Sorry, the team did. And then it was kind of we got an understanding of what the issue was and we peeled off the new sticker and the old sticker was underneath it and now the frame numbers match up. So then it was kind of one of those things that like, oh crap, like we, we messed up. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I, the team told me, get your gear on, like you're racing. Um, even though they didn't say we were racing, we were just gonna try like hell to make it happen. So my mechanic and I went down to the starting line and we're just kind of sitting there like waiting to see what, what's going to happen. We didn't, we didn't know, um, could kind of see the AMA officials going back and forth on their headset and talking about it. And then about, I don't know, two minutes before the site lap, I got word that like you can race, but you have to line up second row. You're the 23rd guy. We only have 22 gates. There's nothing we can do about it. Sorry. So at that point, I'm thinking, like, what do I do now? Like, do I go line up between the points leaders and piss them off? Or, like, do I just hang back and take off dead last? Like, I didn't know what to do. And then literally 30 seconds later, Jet pulled his bike out uh, and decided not to race. So I lucked into a gate. Um, I was never an alternate. So that's kind of like a lot of stuff we've been reading online is that I was – considered an alternate but that was never the case i was never an alternate um right it's it not like the uh it's not like the outdoor nationals where if someone races the first moto and then someone dnfs they can't race the second moto they go to uh 41st in times and they become an alternate yeah. and, and and are able to enter yeah. the race they wouldn't and they would never let yeah. 41 people enter the race much like uh, it has never happened before where 23 people leave the gate in Supercross. Literally yep. never happened before. Yep, exactly. So even if they, even if they didn't let me race and Jet pulled out, there would only have been 21 bikes on the line. Um, they wouldn't have filled that spot um, just because in the rules for Supercross, they don't take alternates. So right. that was kind of that. Um, Unfortunately, the night ended the way it did. We just kind of had another bike malfunction. It was out of everyone's hands. It's just a lot going on, and um, sucks the way it ended. But man, my team, they they busted their butts to make it happen for me, and I was so proud of this, the effort and the the commitment they had for me and getting me on the track. So I, I was I couldn't be bummed. I couldn't be mad. It was out of our control. We we did the best we could, and sometimes it just just goes that way. 
Absolutely. Now, so for me, like I actually watched the race uh, live streaming and doing a, uh, a a watch party with my good friend Dave Drake's from the Collective Experience. So I didn't have this thing muted. I had the race muted, which actually I find to be the most effective way to watch the race uh, to not uh, be so annoyed by the announcing. But uh, mainly because I don't need a lot of explaining to do. But this this is what I needed explaining is when the gate drops for the the main event, and I see Mitchell Oldenburg in like fifth. Which I was like, I the last time I saw him, he was pushing his bike off of the LCQ and like had his kind of his hands with that like kind of the emoji with his hands up. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, a curious thing to me. And then all of a sudden, Twitter blows up with what's going on here. Uh, like AMA messes up again. Which I, honestly, like, if they had to handle it different, I think they would have completely handled things a different way. And you and I talked about it off air is I think you should have been given the opportunity to qualify and go through the LCQ. Whether your bike was illegal, not illegal, that's completely irrelevant. Make a sound decision, not in the 30 seconds uh, afterwards to either DNQ you afterwards and admit the, first, the, the the next placing guy if in fact you were able to get one of those top four spots in the LCQ. And in my humble opinion, as far as this class is concerned and your skill set and your past finishes in actual main events, given the fact that I believe you're a, a multi-time po uh, podium rider if uh, and, and often in the second place spot. Uh, and in my opinion, you're probably like the best of the rest as far as uh, um, the, the non-factory guys are considered. I, like, I would slate you inside the top five of this class, uh, which is where you were running before you had that uh, bike malfunction, that if you were able to race the LCQ, I think you make it in, uh, Mitchell. I think that you you would have been able to uh, find your way. Like, obviously, things happen. It's racing. Maybe you go down in the first corner. But I, you weren't given that opportunity, and that's why the AMA tried to right a wrong. That we didn't give this kid the opportunity to put it in the night or put it in the main event and, and perform at his best. And you know what? It turned out that you didn't even get to race the whole main event because you had a bike malfunction. So um, those who had their, their like like they're up in arms about it. Like I think it's kind of a moot point because they they didn't take somebody out to add you. They just added you to the, the back row. And uh, lucky for you that uh, um, Jet Lawrence uh, had the shoulder issue. I believe it was an AC separation, and uh, and he wasn't able to race whatsoever. So um, like. In in the end, it was kind of a no harm, no foul. But I, I don't. I think the AMA would have handled it differently, given the opportunity again. And I, but I still think the all that would have been different is that uh, you would have made it in, and Wilson Fleming wouldn't have. So really, it's like it didn't turn out that bad, all things considered. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 so hard, you know, to say like what you would have done differently. It's easy to sit back here and say that, you know, I would have done this or I would have done that for right. it, but you're not in that situation. So I completely understand it. I get the AMA. Like it's, it's, it's a tough job. You know, my, my parents were promoters for 25 years and I've seen them have to make tough calls. Some that, you know, I agreed with and some that I didn't, but it's just, it's part of it. There's, you can't always be right. And you're always going to piss someone off. And I, I don't know, like, obviously, if they could go back, I know 100% that they would change what they did. So it, it, I, I don't blame them at all. It, it is what it is. Everyone makes mistakes, and, you know, it just sucks it, it happened that way. But, I mean, I don't think it's, it's right to be 
shitting on someone for a mistake. You know, I, I don't think it's right. I don't I don't agree with their decisions either, but like I said, we're all human, we all make mistakes and, and it's just unfortunate the way it went down. A hundred percent. I feel like the, the, the only real mistake that was made here was not recording your proper um the, the frame number, the proper st- the, the paperwork that would should have gone through to update the sticker number on your frame. If that's if the, if that changed properly, you race the LCQ, and this never happens to begin with. Uh, and then, obviously, to to pull you out without uh, like fully understanding what the situation is with that uh, that frame. And um, yeah, it, it's just it's unfortunate um, that the whole the whole the way the whole thing uh, worked out. I think there's uh, like it it. Um, uh, unnecessarily makes the AMA look look bad for all those who don't actually do their full research to figure out exactly what were the what were the sequence of events that got us to where we're at. Um, and uh, yeah, like the, the whole thing kind of like is a is a bummer. Um, also for yourself and not being able to uh, like compete throughout the main event. Uh, what was the the bike malfunction that you experienced in the main event? I believe you were looking down at the uh, um, I guess it was the left side of the engine. Yeah, it's uh, kind of kind of unknown at this point. Um, my mechanics at the track right now tearing everything apart, but um, thinking it had something to do with with electrical. Um, I don't know if if something got overlooked or we just had a a faulty part. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's no one's fault. It's racing stuff happens, and it's just part of it. Uh, there's nothing we can do about it now, so. We'll just do the best we can to make sure none of this happens again and, and move on. Um, I'm pretty confident to say that after this next Saturday's race that this probably won't be talked about for a long time. So Absolutely. Uh, this it is, is what it is. This is all anyone's going to talk about for the next 72 hours. And then when the gate drops for the main event on Saturday night it will likely never be spoken of again other than maybe uh like a uh moto nerds like me who who like to go back in time here here and there but um <laughs> let's talk about this series um and like based like there's a ton of factors at play here but basically uh the field as far as like uh top like the factory back guys has been decimated based on like basically star racing putting almost uh, two thirds of their team uh, on the other side mm. of the of the on, on the west, and then you have like Barex and um, Team Solitaire, all of the and, and as well as um, uh, Chaparral. All those teams are racing west. It really opens up things wide open for um, for the. Uh, like for privateers to really make a name and, and establish themselves. Like I believe last night we had if four, if not five guys have uh, career bests ever in the in, oh, in wow. Supercross. Uh, with uh, I believe like the uh, well Moran's got uh, went down, but like uh, Carnell had a career best. Uh, Varese had a career best. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Every time you went to Milestone over the years, uh, the uh, young yeah. kid, 17 years old, just just twisting it. Um, where do you feel like you fit in in this class? Like, I feel like you're kind of in limbo of this, like, like skill-wise, nipping at the heels and, and racing hard with guys like when when uh, Max Bolin was was in the series. 
Um, but with him out and, and with your skill set, and I know you have a good motorcycle, um, I feel like you can podium in this class. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that's always been been on my mind. I mean, I've done it before. I've, I, I mean, I don't want to come off as like cocky or anything, but everybody I'm racing against, I've beat before at, at one point in time. You know, I, I mean, it's nothing new. Um, I just got to get get myself together, and it's unfortunate because last night I finally felt like myself again. Uh, we made a ton of bike changes from the first Indy on Saturday to last night and it was like night and day better. I felt like I was myself again. So, uh, just kind of figuring the bike out uh, a little bit better and making improvements with the bike has just helped me feel more comfortable and be able to push it to that next level. And I think, uh, I'm right there with the guys. Uh, my qualifying time is always, you know, right there with anywhere from, from third to, to me basically. So, um, I qualified a little over a second off the lead this weekend and or, on, or last night and uh, and just really felt comfortable in the heat race and even in the main event. So um, all things considered, I think I think a podium is the goal. It always has been the goal and and uh, I still believe I can win races. So it's just uh, doing what I can to keep keep pushing to uh, to be the best that I can be and. Um, yeah, just kind of take it for what it is and, and make improvements with myself and the bike as we go, and whatever happens, happens. All right, Big MX Radio listeners, it's time to pay some bills. When we started Phoenix Handlebars only a couple of years ago, you know, we had hopes that we would develop friendships and relationships with the people who bought our bars. We thought that would be a lot cooler than being merely just a handlebar company. Moto already has a few of those. So the hope was build a brand that people could find that connection with. Um, you know, tell their stories, helps us tell our story, keeps Moto alive, keeps it fun. That's what we think is really cool about, about our sport are the stories. Writing is obviously super fun but the stories that we tell to and from the track on the light tailgate that's part of the part of the excitement as well and when each of you guys reach out to us after buying bars and tell us how like stoked you were at the quality the packaging whatever it might be don't think for a second that that isn't just freaking awesome to us because we know you had options of other companies that you could have bought, companies that have won countless world championships and sponsor all the big name writers. But when you took time out of your day to hop on our website to spend your hard-earned money, we have a little company that you've maybe never heard of until recently, your hard-earned money. We think that's pretty awesome. So when we got a message recently, from a guy telling us just how awesome it was to receive a Phoenix Handlebars package, that he loved the quality of the product, he loved the presentation, and felt like that he got something more than just bars. It wasn't like lost on us. We, we appreciate every one of those, like, those messages. So 
Just wanted to say thanks, Dave. Your stuff is on its way. confidence and I'd love to see you moving forward with uh, with this series of which yeah like I, I seriously think that uh, you're gonna be giving fits to guys like uh, Colton Nichols and I'm sure Jets probably back for Saturday but like you'll be in there with Mosman and Craig and uh, and Shimoda as well um, like obviously uh, a couple years ago with uh, with TLD as well as well as with uh, uh, with the star racing, you put in some fantastic rides and uh, we're, we're a podium guy on a regular basis. A um, little bit different uh, equipment set up for you now. Um, at one point, like, like, what are you, what, what about the, the muck-off Honda gives you an advantage um, then versus uh, where you've been in the past with certain teams and, uh, and, and where have you also had to make adjustments to um, like basically your approach to uh, like putting the bike to its through its paces, getting the most out of it. And given the fact that you're also dealing with not dealing with, but you're, you're working with um, certain things that other guys are not working with whatsoever in the fact that you're on the, the, the fly racing goggle, as well as the, the Pirelli tire, which it, not, not to say those are dis disadvantages, but those are two specific things that are a part of your program that aren't a part of most of the guys that you're racing against this program. Yeah, I think uh, every team I've been on has has had their pluses and minuses, and um, you know, there's things that I like a lot about my TLD bike, and things that I like a lot about the Star bike, and there's obviously a lot of things that I really like about my Honda. Um, but I think just the main thing that that I've kind of had to um, figure out this year was I, I ended up moving back to Texas in Feb uh, well, almost a year ago now. So right. It, in February and uh something I didn't really account for was um just being in California in the testing and suspension development um so it's kind of hard to do when I'm in Texas and we work really closely with KYV and Ricky Gilmore at KYV and you know he's a genius uh it's just hard to do um any testing over the phone and having to ship stuff back to California to get serviced or redone and then back to Texas to try it. And there's just a lot of um, logistics stuff that I, yeah, logistics that I didn't really account for uh, when I moved back to Cal or moved back to Texas. So um, that's kind of been the biggest thing. And that's why I feel like I'm finally making big improvements these last couple of races is because we've kind of just been throwing settings in and, and trying it on the weekend or on race day we haven't been able to try it during the week with this this back to back to back schedule that we have so um, that's kind of been the main thing but Jamie uh, Ellis with Twisted Development has built an incredible engine uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable I'm really happy with my bike and uh, just got to keep plugging away and, and, and do what I can do and you know, everyone's putting their all into it, and I'm putting my all into it. It's just a matter of time, and we're going to keep fighting until the end of this and until it's it's time to hang it up, which uh, I feel like is is pretty far in the future. So, um, yeah, just uh, I'm really happy with my bike. Everyone's works super hard. My mechanic, Nate, is an unbelievable guy and just uh, one of the hardest-working guys I know. So just stoked to have these guys in my corner. 
No doubt. And then on top of that, the team literally, uh, like I know you're a mountain bike guy, you love cycling and uh, Muck Off being the uh, uh, the title sponsor of the team, that's got to be cool. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure there hasn't been any logistical issues with getting you some product from Muck Off. No, no, the Muck Off is pretty awesome. I didn't really know too much about the company ahead of time and then uh, bringing them on board, just the, their product is unbelievable, uh, especially for the bicycle side. You know, they're, they're kind of new to the dirt bike side, so they got a lot of new stuff coming out and really uh, working with us and developing uh, stuff for dirt bikes has been has been pretty awesome. So um, stoked to have those guys in our corner and uh, just need to just pay them back with some good results and, and keep everyone happy, you know. Fair enough. You hear it here first, everybody. Uh, he's calling himself for a win this coming Saturday. Pick him for Pulp next Fantasy because uh, I don't think he'll be an all-star anymore. So that, that, you're definitely on the team, Mitchell. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. How much backlash have you gotten from people who pay, play Pulp next Fantasy? Like, has has the tweets and the the direct messages been like scathing? Who's who's been the meanest to you, and do you take it personally? Um, well, to be honest, uh, I am completely off social media, so I don't. It's probably for the best right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, um, I got rid of my social media. I don't know, back in October, and just my wife runs it all for me. I just, I don't, I don't like seeing stuff. I think it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with social media and and everything that comes with it. I think Fair it's the big platform to you know look at me, look at what I have, and I just don't really agree with it. So uh, I'm just trying to focus on myself and do my own thing. But as far as the fantasy stuff goes, um, I could care less. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. I play fantasy football, so I get it. But um, like as far as just like guys coming up to you and being like, "How you feeling?" Like good to go i got you on my fantasy team don't blow it that stuff kind of gets old so i mean it is what it is it makes it fun for the fans and and i get it just uh yeah not not my thing <laughs> fair enough fair enough well i, I enjoy playing uh mainly because i'm good at it to be honest but uh, uh i make my picks but honestly like I, I i'm in two leagues that actually cost money i guess three if you include the championship league but like like I think people have the wrong approach when it comes to gambling in general or stuff like this. Like I don't know if you like you're a football guy, I think. And oh yeah, you play fantasy football. Like I I throw in yeah. my twenty five bucks for the year. I feel like that's like that's my like uh, I'm spending twenty five dollars for a year of uh, entertainment and shit talking with my friends and and yeah. the like the opportunity to pay to possibly. Uh, like maybe I get something back, but honestly, like I, I when I when that twenty five bucks leaves in my wallet, I'm expecting that not to come back to me. And I feel like so many people they put that twenty five dollars out out in the world, and they're expecting that twenty five dollars back, and then a little extra for their risk. And <laughs> on it, like no. you know what I mean? Like they're they're entitled to have that, and they get like invested in how Mitchell Oldenburg does on the weekend. And when he doesn't do well, they a they take it personally, and b they're angry because they like they didn't have that like the there wasn't any control of how, of how the yep. like you know what I mean like they weren't in control of how you did that night, so they're pissed because they're like oh I, I I trusted you to do well man you screwed me it's like <laughs> really like 100%. dude like that's like getting a, like a, upset at a roulette wheel for for not giving you the right numbers or like 
for a dealer not giving you the cards that win. Like, this is, it's the game. You gotta play it. And, like, sometimes you win. Most times you get fucking railroaded. And that's just the way it is. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, I know everybody on that starting line goes out there and gives it everything they have. So, yeah. you know, they don't get the result. It's not from lack of effort. You know what I mean? Like, crashes happen. Bike malfunctions happen. Sometimes it's just not your night. I get it. Like, I, I don't know what you want me to do about it. I gave it my all. So I'm yeah. sorry your fantasy team struggled because of me, but that was the best I had tonight. <laughs> totally. And, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just – I think people get take it way too personally or they get way too invested. And, like, I, yeah, I pick my team – and then as soon as the, the, the time is up for when you can make changes, letter buck. I don't really check check my uh, my results until the next day. And if I get a, if I get a fat zero, I'm like, oh, wow, I, I suck at making picks. If I have an awesome yeah. score, I'm like, hey, I made good picks. But I never put my uh, my results on, like, respons- you're not responsible for how my team goes. Like, it's my, <laughs> exactly. my decision to, to pick and uh, to make the picks and whatnot. But I don't think everybody feels the same way I do. Um, but, uh, Mitchell, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. We're going to have to catch up with you again as this, the series goes on. Last question I have for you before I let you go is what about these bang, 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 three races in a row? Like this championship is going to go by like a blink of an eye. Uh, like you guys got to be beaten up. Like I imagine you're probably not going into Saturday feeling absolutely as good as you could have if say this crash happened on a Saturday and you get seven days to recover. Meanwhile, like you'll base, you're, you're probably still going to be walking into uh, the stadium Saturday with a little bit of a limp having, uh, um, jumped through the handlebars, uh, during the heat race on Tuesday. What's that process been like for you on like the, from the athlete's point of view, regardless of, of whether or not you've been able to test and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I still enjoy it. I mean, it's the same for everybody. So it's, it's, easy to sit here and make excuses and stuff but i guess like the thing that makes it the hardest is is when you do get those little bumps and bruises and sprains um and then you have to race two days later uh that's kind of the hard part so um fortunately i'm i'm fairly fairly good to go right now i, I mean my my legs are a little sore but it's nothing i wouldn't say it's any more sore than if i just ran for I don't know. I'm not really a runner anymore with my knees, but if I went running for a really long time, you know how you get sore after running. Like that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I'll be I'll be 100% Saturday morning and uh, ready to fight. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's the same for everybody. We all got to deal with it the same way. And um, yeah, I feel great. We're just uh, got to rebound on Saturday and we'll make it happen. Awesome, man. Well, I, I really appreciate you making some time, 40 minutes of your Wednesday for Big MX Radio. Um, and uh, I hope that after this, people can listen and, and maybe stop uh, tor- like torturing you on social media so your your wife uh, doesn't have to keep blocking people nonstop um, and, uh, and all that. And, and yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this, you play fantasy motocross, you probably do. Um, I'm saying this right now, and, and like no pressure whatsoever. Uh, Mitchell, but I'm gonna have you on my fantasy team on Saturday, um, and, and I th- <laughs> because I think you're gonna have an awesome night. I, I think um, with with your skills and the bike underneath you, uh, you're you're easy a top five guy in this class, and uh, I'd love to see it. And that's uh, like I'm I'm not putting any pressure on you whatsoever. I just know that you can do it. 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Sweet, man. Well, you don't uh, hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And there you have it. My conversation with Mitchell Oldenburg of the Muck Off Honda team, which is, of course, the most fun team name to say in the pits in 2021 Supercross. The Muck Off Honda team from Australia, of course, formerly known as the Penrite Honda team. Um, great guys, great team. And, uh, of course, Mitchell Oldenburg, always fun to have on the podcast. Great storyteller and uh, someone who uh, I think has a lot of potential to get some really great results in the sport. I think he's going to be up there um, for the rest of the season. And if you can pick him in Pulp Mix Fantasy this Saturday, I highly suggest you do so because his uh, handicap should be pretty high. Um, so with that, I really appreciate everybody listening. Like I said earlier in the podcast, if you enjoyed it, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. Uh, please send me that one friend. That's the fee. Share this with somebody who might like it, some who might enjoy it. Uh, keep growing this thing. And uh, also, if you guys have any requests or people you'd like to hear from or stories you'd like to tell or a certain type of episode you'd like to hear, I always reply to every single one of the emails and the direct messages on Instagram and Twitter that I get. So if you're following me on Instagram, it's bradgebhart 88 the email is bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. And on Twitter, you can be find, you can find me at bradgmx95. I apologize for them not all being exactly the same, but I don't I, I didn't create them all at the same time. So uh, hopefully you can find me. Hopefully you can continue to enjoy the podcast. And thanks for listening. <laughs>